MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, February 17th, 2020. Today, Trump admits he sent Rudy to Ukraine. Avenatti found guilty in the Nike extortion case. Border Patrol invades sanctuary cities. More trouble for Bill Barr and a bunch of good news. We have a lot of good news today. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. 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 Mm-hmm. Good. Good. I feel spring coming. No, I mean, not that it's yes. not, not spring in San Diego. Well, this I is feel the that fool's too. spring. Have you seen the, the, the 12 seasons of San Diego? No. no. <laughs> winter, we have fool's spring, which uh-huh. is what we're in right now. Then we have second winter, and then we have second fool's spring, and then we have third winter. And then June it, gloom. Yeah, and then it goes from there. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is a beautiful day outside today, though. It is really nice. Yeah. You just like, I just, even the sunlight coming into my room, I'm like, I don't live by the yeah. beach, and yet I stepped outside this morning and it smelled like ocean. Oh, and I was like, mm, that's good when you get the, yeah, we get the, uh, yeah, windward winds. God, sa- <laughs> windward winds. We're windward in the winds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> San Diego's the best city. It is. Like. America's finest. Yeah. All right. Um, so we do have a lot of news to get to today. And uh, I'm th- very thankful for you guys filling in for me on Friday's Daily Beans. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of really positive feedback on, yeah, your, yeah. on your episodes. We went all philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, you left the millennials alone and we got existential. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. It used to be that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe soon. Maybe I'll get back to it. I just need to start microdosing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we do have a lot of news to get to. Maybe one day they'll let veterans do it. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a lot of news. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Big news this weekend as we learn more about the fallout from Bill Barr intervening personally to advocate for leniency in the sentencing of longtime Trump ally Roger Stone. But if you've been listening to our podcast, none of this will come as a surprise to you. Uh, all As all this was unfolding, according to Erica Orden and Kara Scannell of CNN, the prosecutors who put Cohen in prison, who put Cohen in prison at the Southern District of New York, were in court Tuesday to oversee the trial of Michael Avenatti. And Jordan, you're going to go over that in a little bit. Yep. Meanwhile, on the West Coast, uh, one federal prosecutor said there was an overwhelming sense of outrage in his office, while one on the East Coast voiced concerns about the political impact that Barr's interference would have on juries and judges in the future. Um, A third prosecutor said um, his clients have expressed concern about cooperating with investigations out of fear Barr could put them in jeopardy. Apparently, in the past two weeks, the Department of Justice has ordered U.S. attorneys to participate in politically charged actions twice before the Stone stuff even went down, according to sources familiar with the matter. First, Maine Justice told prosecutors to hold news conferences and make public statements to the press and on social media to promote Barr's crackdown on sanctuary cities. Hmm. Prosecutors, federal prosecutors. Mm -hmm. Second, they ordered prosecutors to write op-eds to push for passage of pending legislation on fentanyl. And apparently more than a dozen federal prosecutors obliged, though it's historically abnormal for them to comment on pending legislation at all. Wow. Um, Further, in Connecticut, Pittsburgh and St. Louis, uh, U.S. attorney's offices have opened investigations into things the president wants, such as the origins of the 2016 election investigation, Hunter Biden, and a new review of the old Michael Flynn case. 
But as with Cohen, prosecutors, the, the ones I mentioned at the top, um, that were in court for the Avenatti proceedings, New York is where they're uh, feeling this the most because they handle a lot of high-profile cases such as Cohen and Avenatti, the Trump Organization inaugural. Uh, as, uh, and as we all know, the Cohen case went dark shortly after Barr arrived, only to have a judge force it closed so it could be picked up by the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance. And that's, you know, where they're investigating Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. and where Parnas and Fruman were indicted. But according to people familiar with the inner workings of the Southern District, Barr has been micromanaging certain cases and asking for unusually frequent updates. But Berman, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District, apparently has bristled at these demands, bristling um, from Barr, and has pushed for actions in opposition to Barr and the Trump administration, most notably the case about the Turkish bank Hulk Bank. And uh, I'll have that story for you a little bit later. But there are examples, too. Um, other examples. So, like, think back to when the Commerce Department was sued for adding the citizenship question. Four months into that case, the attorney from the Southern District of New York withdrew herself from the case, telling the judge the matter would be handled exclusively by attorneys at Maine Justice. So we had a withdrawal uh, back then, too. It just didn't get the coverage that the withdrawal that these four prosecutors pulling themselves off the Stone case got. And more recently, the Department of Justice entered an amicus brief filing in the courts in support of Trump blocking Cy Vance's grand jury subpoena of the Mazars materials. Attorneys from the Southern District Civil Division were involved in the case initially, but their names are not on the Justice Department's pro-Trump filing. And just this past December, Cohen claimed in a filing, this is just past December, and, and, and mm-hmm. um, that's very recent for a Cohen mm-hmm. filing, uh, he he. he Um, complained that prosecutors have retaliated against him and the Department of Justice pursued him to protect Trump. And Avenatti even sought to argue to a jury he was being targeted by Trump. Jordan, you have more on Avenatti later. Yeah. And who can forget um, Joseph Bondi, Parnas's attorney, formally requesting Barr recuse himself uh, to preserve public trust. So we all know Barr admitted to intervening in the Stone case and condemned Trump's tweets, saying it made it impossible for him to do his job, then lied to all of us, saying what he did in the Stone case was totes normal. It was absolutely not. In fact, no one has ever been able to find a single case or single instance when this has happened. But perhaps the fight is staged. That's my beans on this. And some great news, the Department of Justice has decided to end its investigation into Andy McCabe without bringing charges. Uh, But don't think for a second that was out of a sense of justice. (laughs) New documents from uh, Citizens for Responsibility of Ethics in Washington FOIA case show exactly what we thought. They were stringing him along for most of last year and only let him off the hook at the very last second because this week was the deadline Judge Reggie Walton had imposed for them to do so. Lucky for Barr, it gave him a little cover. Uh, But it wasn't uh, the act of an independent Department of Justice. So we'll just say that. So if you're thinking, oh, good, they let McCabe off the hook. The the DOJ Mm -hmm. is not all that bad. (laughs) It's not the case. CNN has reported more resignations could be forthcoming from the Justice Department. And I personally think that this uh, fight between Barr and Trump is pretend um, because Trump isn't mad about it, uh, which is the first clue he supports it. (laughs) It's it. I think it's just a possible cover for Barr to resign ahead of his scheduled March 31st testimony with the House Judiciary. Those, of course, are super space beans. I don't know that for sure. I have no proof of it. Uh, And uh, that sounds pretty conspiracy theory-ish of me to say, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I said this on Mueller, Shira, but I just can't imagine him finding someone better than Barr for him. Mm -hmm. You know, 
which hey, is don't don't be too imaginative you never know what kind know. of fucking bullshit he's gonna dream up next i thought I about that too yeah. I, I thought about that too like if if Barr resigns and they're cool with it is it just because he knows his time as president is ending and he's already got flynn and stone off the mm-hmm. hook and he's already got the mm-hmm. durham looking into 2016 and he's already cheating in the election like is that mm. why this is all okay and and now Barr just needs an exit yeah He's just mm. going to go be some mega church preacher now. He's going to pull in a Ron Contra <laughs> redux. Um, so that's sort of what's going on in the whole, you know, Justice Department shenanigans this week. Um, there was a really uh, frightening segment on this, on, uh, mm-hmm. on Matto uh, mm-hmm. yeah. this week, where she's like, this is the tipping point. That yeah. We are now, we we were warning that this would happen. We're now mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all need to be aware of that. And there's a book we shall read called On Tyranny, mm-hmm. which gives us, it's a handbook on how to, how to handle this now that we're in a post-democracy mm-hmm. um, justice department situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, is, it is really scary. Yeah, it is very scary. We're in it, definitely now in the time period where we get to see how it's even possible to fight back from within the DOJ too. Just, I think, seeing what people are going to step up and what people get kicked out, and it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. The skills tipped, and now it's like, all right, so what happens? Yeah. How much of a fight do they really have? Well, I was saying before we started recording that I hadn't felt that same sense of doom that you had last week Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this, like everything he's done since the Senate acquitted him. And over the weekend, I was doing some more newsing, and it set in, and I was like, oh, Jesus, Mm -hmm. what? the fuck yeah yeah and i've noticed too that it has set in at different paces for different people yeah uh sort of like traumatic brain injury and Mm -hmm. and what's what was going on with the you know the rocket attacks yeah uh on our air bases in iraq by iranians in response to the you know the airstrike against Mm -hmm. soleimani Mm -hmm. and it it, you know it just it can take a minute to set in because it's so traumatic heavy It's, it's so weighty um, that, you know, and you read about other countries who have lost the rule of law mm-hmm. and it's, it's very hard to get back. Um, and we, and you know, we, we were hoping Mueller could help us. We were hoping mm-hmm. impeachment could help us. We were hoping Congress could help us. We were hoping the judiciary could help us. And it looks like it's up to us and we mm-hmm. just have to do it in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, an election has never been more important, I don't think, in the entire history of our country. I know. And what sucks is we've, oh, we always say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we we never actually we, meant it. I don't think anybody has the literal fall of our nation in mind on the other outcome. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could have pictured this. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, okay, <laughs> this is not a joke. This is not something yep. you get to just check out about mm-hmm. unfortunately people still will and we've talked about the reasons why people do that mm-hmm. disenfranchisement you know mm-hmm. all these other things but it is the most high stakes i think things have ever been and i know i'm only 26 years old yeah and then you <laughs> but... and then you throw the climate uh change into it mm-hmm. um and the judiciary uh the supreme right. court yep we've never had a president teasing the fact that he's not going to leave I know, and he does it all the time. All Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. That is very, that in itself is absolutely terrifying. Right. So when we show up in numbers too big to manipulate in November and vote him out, what happens? What happens? Because first of all, he'll be a lame duck for three months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what goes down in those three months? Yeah. Like a bunch of executive orders and appointments and crazy shit. Yeah. And, and like, like you were saying, Jordan, with, with, 
once you lose your status as a rule of law country, it's very hard to get back. Comey talked about it in his book, A Higher Loyalty, about draining the reservoir of trust within the Department of Justice as an independent organization or the FBI or, you know, any anything that's in the Department of Justice. And and that is takes decades to fill and mm-hmm. months to drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really um, it's not an easy come, easy go kind of thing. It's like takes a lot of time, trust, effort, successes to come and it can go very quickly. And that's really scary. And our complacency, I think, as an electorate over the last several decades have, mm-hmm. have put us in this very precarious mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it's up to us to undo I mean, to the what point we've where, done. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where they don't the the likely voters are are a very small group of people. You know, so no wonder a lot of the establishment doesn't give a shit about a lot of people who aren't likely to vote because historically they haven't. And that's mm-hmm. what's frustrating. A little less than half the country. And, yeah. and of course, uh, the millennial voting block, which God. generally only shows up between about 18 and 26 percent yeah. uh, of, of eligible voters in that age group. And, and, and we did it, too, as mm-hmm. Gen X. It's not mm-hmm. just millennials. I'm not just blaming millennials. No, no, I know. Everybody in that age block, no matter what generation mm-hmm. you were, just doesn't show up we are mm-hmm. such a ginormous voting block like our age group jordan and i that our turnout the last couple of elections has been so fucking depressing to mm-hmm. me you know because we we talk a good game about how urgent things are and then mm-hmm. people don't show up and it's like so irritating to me yeah yeah uh, i do think a big part of it too though is a lot of uh like a bunch of millennials sort of maintain that this two-party system doesn't work for them and there's no it's candidates that act exactly left mm-hmm. out. And, and I, I appreciate that, but mm-hmm. you can't fix it mm-hmm. with a Republican no. in the White House. Yeah. No. And it, yeah, I think a lot of the times it really comes down to, are you a reformist? Do you believe that things can be reformed or do you think they have to be burned down and started again from the ground up? In which case, a lot of people my age that I talk to are like, I'm just sitting here waiting for everything to go to shit so that we can start over again. That's not That's how it works. Exactly. Once you burn it down and there's an authoritarian in power, mm-hmm. you, you can't get it back. Exactly. Without it's just like without oh, actually showing up in the streets, which a lot of people. Right. Don't do. It's a lot of privilege for people to sit there and think, I'm just going to wait for a literal revolution and just assume I'm going to be fine and everything will be OK and somehow better than if I just voted now to try to save it before it really goes off the cliff. Nah, if you want a different system, you got to vote or go make your own country. Yes. <laughs> there was a certain time period in my life. Don't burn mine down. I was yeah. really looking into like the laws of buying land <laughs> off of like like on an island and These, shit there are little like teeny kind tiny little pop-up countries <laughs> like okay for example pop-up countries there's I a, like this idea there's a like a pop-up I, cafe like I, a pop-up <laughs> cat cafe but a country. pop-up country no there's a like a tiny little patch of i believe it's in copenhagen mm-hmm. in denmark mm-hmm. and it's i think it's called checks Christ, out Christ, christiana is the name of this like little community and it's mm-hmm. like its own sovereign nation within like urban copenhagen yes um it's like a little like hippie commune that they like made their own country yes. correct me if i'm wrong but i think that's what it is yeah and you can't do that here because we have l- rules yeah, yeah many about rules. secession and uh it's all built into the constitution yes for that purpose Going. texas is still allowed to secede no one else is really yeah. What? I didn't know that. That's how we got them back. Huh. They were like, they were like, we, we, want, we, want, we want to come oh back in with God. one foot out the door, basically. Yeah. Jesus. That was their, that was yeah. their uh, little uh, demand there. That's like commitment uh, issues. You know, like an ex-boyfriend wants you back. You'd be <laughs> yes. like, All right. But I tell you what, 
Uh, I can leave anytime. Uh-huh. All right. I, I gotta say, that's abusive emotionally, I'm, Texas. I'm really shocked to see Bernie leading in Texas. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that poll. Yeah, among I've, Democrats. Uh, for Democrat for the Democratic primary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Who do you think would? I don't know. Someone more moderate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Yeah, if, they're, if, they're, if they're a burn it to the ground place, if they're libertarians, they're yeah. going to go more for Bernie. Probably. I guess so. Yeah, it was just surprising to me. I was yeah. looking at all the, the upcoming polls for all the different states, and I was like, "Huh, mm-hmm. really, Texas?" I also know, like Austin, obviously, is a really concentrated area of incredibly liberal people. Well, it's very small. It's, I yeah, I have heard though that I still want to trade Austin for Fresno. Oh yeah, right. Because I love Austin, but it's surrounded by Texas, and that's mm. a problem for me. <laughs> It's I, so interesting. I have Austin. heard though from Texan friends that like the big cities in Texas are increasingly more blue. Mm-hmm. They're really blue, and like I think so. a lot of people think a lot of my friends there are like. Well, Beto Texas came within flip three flip. points of yes. right yes. Of, mm-hmm. of Ted. Yeah, God, that would have been awesome, and and that's unheard of that Texas yeah. is actually purple now. Oh, yeah, I, I never thought in my lifetime Arizona would be purple. Mm-hmm. We have a chance with Mark Kelly yeah. uh, to to turn the entire state blue. Don't you have an op? Isn't there an openly bisexual um, senator also from Arizona? Kirsten Cinema. Kirsten Cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's a little conservative. Yeah, for an interesting bisexual person, but hey, <laughs> no judgment. Yes. Hey, man, there's LGBT people of all ends of the political spectrum. Definitely, a hundred, a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> remember that. Remember Little the one hundred. We saw some. We saw some MAGA gay people at Politicon. So trust, they come from all oh, ends of the God, political yes. spectrum. Oh, yeah. she was a fabulous. Uh, I, I'm gonna say is drag queen. Um, well, I think she was trans. Yeah, I, I with, well, there, there were she was not trans because she was referencing that she had trans friends and that she right. did not. I she was yeah she was not trans. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Let me know if that terminology is outdated. I'll change. No, it. no, no. I mean, there there are there's a different. I mean, it's you know what I'm not going to get into this on the show, but yes, there 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 are people who identify as drag queens. There are people who identify as trans. You who are trans, but um, the particular person that we saw at Politicon was um, uh, a Donald Trump supporting per, uh, person who identified as a man. In drag. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that okay. Yeah. So I was correct in my terminology. Yes, you were. I didn't want to misidentify. Um. But anyway, what I'm saying odd, is... odd though, right? To hmm. Yeah, there are she LGBTs fabulous, for Trump, though. but not too many. No, <laughs> she was fabulous until she talked. Very frustrating hearing both of them talk about, for example, stuff with military funding for for transgender. Um. Yeah, transgender people in the military. Yes. Uh, and here I am, an actual expert. And they're like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, yes. okay, uh, first of all, were you in? And second of all, did you do that? You know, I'm like, all right, I got to I gotta go. Yeah. yeah I got to go. And that's when I almost had like a fainting spell. Yeah. You remember? We, like we, I, we went like, <sighs> you went like blind with rage. I had to, like, I had to sit down. Yeah. yeah. We listened to some very um, ignorant conversation about um, transgender people in the military when we were at Politicon. And we all had to walk away because we were so angry. So... Obviously, we support transgender people in the military on the show. Mm-hmm. Hundred, little red one hundred. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right, we have more in McCabe in the good news block. Um, that's going to come up shortly, and Jordan's going to tell us about the Avenatti case right after this. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Upstart. As most of us know, um, and we found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out of debt is a nightmare. Sort of like draining the reservoir of trust with the Department of Justice. And this is especially true if your credit score isn't great. But thankfully now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score, and they offer smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Um, Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education 
education and your job history just because, you know, because you're not a rad person. And they do this in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. You're not just a number. They believe in you. And they make it super easy to check your rate. And once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have uh, used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. So you can free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash dailybeans to find out how low your personal Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. It's a soft pull. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. We have a few stories here from Jordan. How is it going today with the news that you are <laughs> to report on? Because these are interesting stories. Yes. Uh, yes, they are. Our first story is about a news entity that we have not reported on before. Um, they're called Stars and Stripes. And I'm unfamiliar with this publication, and or at least I was until I read this. And I don't know, is that something that you read, A.G., when you were... Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the news and information for the military, the armed forces. Yeah, yeah, I'm so out of that loop. I had I had no idea. But what's happening is Defense Secretary Mark Esper is officially backing a push by the Pentagon to defund Stars and Stripes, which is an independent news organization. Uh, they want to defund them entirely in their 2021 fiscal year budget. He told reporters that the news organization was not a priority. And he goes on to say, so we trim the support for Stars and Stripes because we need to invest that money, as we did with many, many other programs, into higher priority issues. The wall, probably. Exactly. (laughs) And that was during a news conference at NATO headquarters. Um, The things that he said the money is going to instead go to is space. (laughs) Just imagine a money gun shooting out into space. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. This is Esper, right? Yes. Money gun shooting into space. Um, I need more space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Money. Yes. Space, nuclear programs, hypersonic missiles, and a variety of systems. Are they still talking about hypersonic missiles like they're not supposed to? Yep. Cool. They're not supposed to? Yeah. The, the, well, Is Trump it like blurted top it secret, out. Yeah. Top secret program stuff. <laughs> I guess now that Trump blurted it out in a news conference. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, Esper's like, oh, hypersonic missiles out of the bag. Yeah. I guess we can talk about it now. <laughs> uh gosh fucking space shit well hypersonic <laughs> isn't space shit i guess that's all to they, be, they that's, need money to add layers of bureaucracy for space force which wouldn't have had to spend if uh you just left it in the air force if you left well enough alone our air force was doing fine yeah yeah and it's sad again forgive me if i'm like mischaracterizing this publication because i'm just going off of the research that i've done over the last like day but um Stars and Stripes, they print and they distribute news to troops that are stationed all around the world, and this includes stations that are in pretty volatile regions, you know? So it's come to be something that troops depend on a lot, it sounds. There's a lot of anecdotes in this story from people that were just basically like, like there were a couple representatives, for example, that are in Congress currently that said when I was deployed, this was something that we looked forward to every day. It was a way to, you know, just know what was happening, not only politically, but we felt like it was an actual unbiased source and that was really important for us when we're in you know regions of the world where our world's kind of flipped upside down and it was very important for them to have it then and they're really advocating that it maintains funded uh, because half of the funding that this would be pulling or sorry the funding that this would be pulling makes up half of their annual budget so essentially it's just Cutting them right at the weast. Yeah, the weast. <laughs> cutting the it at the weast. <laughs> cutting it at the Diane weast. But the, but definitely Diane weast from Edward Scissorhands and not from Footloose. <laughs> Although was, she's an excellent uh, 
a card to play in the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I was going to say cutting it at the knees, but I'm like, that's more of like a 75% thing. I'm going to say cutting it at the waist, but then I was still thinking knees, so, so I said waist. You're having human. <laughs> I like your use of percentages. It's very stand and deliver. Jaime Escalante. Oh, God. <clears throat> so... Uh, it's just a bummer. But this is one of uh, this is a quote from retired Navy Admiral James Stavridis. Stavridis. He said, every day in my office as a commander of U.S. European Command, I would read Stars and Stripes. It was an invaluable, unbiased and highly professional source of information, which was critical to me in my role overseeing U.S. military throughout Europe. So basically, I think this decision kind of just seems to be another instance of the administration deprioritizing the free press. Yeah, and all of my beans, all of my space money on the fact that they probably published some negative information about Trump and Trump wanted it to go away. Mm, what? 100% that's yeah. pro- Those are those no. again, that's the super space money beans. Yeah. <laughs> space money beans. <laughs> it sounds like a way to statistically figure out who to put on your baseball team. <laughs> space. Uh, space money beans. <laughs> on uh, definitely it, they had because they're unbiased right which means they had to report something negative totally. about trump and he probably went i don't like it absolutely That's or a, just like he tries to do with npr yes or i think about maybe how they've reported on gallagher for example because there's definitely a huge split in the military on if they support trump's approach or if they support you know an actual jury of their peers yeah i'd be i'd be willing to bet more members active duty service members support um the former secretary of the navy and Mm -hmm. and former brigadier general who was in charge of or former admiral Mm -hmm. uh, somebody that was in charge who just retired or resigned because he was in charge of special ops for the military i think he was a brigadier general i can't remember but Mm -hmm. i think that they probably support those fellas more yeah uh, than uh than trump on that but yeah who knows yeah I'd be curious to hear your stories if you were ever deployed or if you were just active duty and got that publication or if you're a military spouse, maybe, and you read it. Or or I'm just curious to hear what the general feel is of the publication, because everything I've read up until this point seems to be pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And next, Michael Avenatti has been found guilty on all counts in that case where he was accused of trying to extort uh, pretty much like over $20 million from Nike. This is our first person to be jailed that was a guest on the podcast, and that is. A- <laughs> well, he hasn't been sentenced yet, right? Right? Yeah. That well, I doubt Bill Barr's going to intervene for a lower sentence. Yeah, but he's sitting waiting in jail because he violated the terms of his bail, so he's like actually in a correctional facility. I thought for sure Goldstone would be our first guest in prison. Yeah. But we we were never really super supportive. At least you and I, Jordan, were never super supportive of Avenatti. We always hated that guy. And this just goes to show you, if you're a criminal, don't come out publicly against Donald Trump. You are (laughs) going to... He's going to weaponize the Department of Justice to put you away. And while... I I think that Avenatti's a criminal and he should go to jail for what he did. And also he's facing charges in Los Angeles, too, uh-huh. for defrauding his clients. Yep. Uh, he was definitely targeted by, by the Trump administration and this, it was yeah. definitely weaponized against him. So I don't agree. be a crimer and come out against Trump. Yes, I completely agree with you. It's definitely one of those situations where it's like he shouldn't have done what he did. Um, but he also has done some good things. Mm. Well, were he not a political enemy of Trump, would we be in this situation? 
I don't think so. No, me neither. But I don't know. Nike's also a huge fucking company. So if you fuck with Nike, then I could totally see them in any iteration of space time suing him. Space money. Space money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... But he was apparently... The, this wasn't a civil suit. This was a criminal investigation right, yeah. by the Department of Justice. Yes, yeah, in um, SDNY, right? Yeah, and so he was apparently... Just for background, sorry, I glossed over this part, but what he was doing, he was essentially threatening Nike, saying that he was going to expose them for illicitly paying amateur basketball players if they didn't give Avenatti a fuck ton of money for various things. He was like, I want $2 million for myself, I want $1.5 million for my client, and I want... $20 million for an internal investigation. You're <laughs> just like throwing And Nike was breaking the law by paying amateur sports uh, mm-hmm. folks, amateur athletes. And it's stupid that you can't pay amateur athletes. Uh, but I mean, you know, all of those things aside, mm-hmm. don't yeah. commit crimes and then come out publicly against yes. Trump. You're going to get, you're going to have a light shined on you. And, and, and that's the sort of thing. Like, how do we choose, pick and choose with the, the limited funding that we have to go after these white collar criminals, how do we pick and choose which ones to go after? Well, in this day and age, it's the ones who speak out against Trump. Yeah, that's true. His uh, Avenatti's client is turning on him also. Like he testified against him in the case because originally, you know, he this this guy comes to Avenatti and is like, I feel like, you know, you're a guy that gets stuff done and you hold people accountable in a pretty aggressive way. And that seems like it will win. So he goes with him. And then Avenatti essentially throws out what his client originally was wanting, uh, throws that to the wayside, and just tries to extort all this money for himself, which is also what he's facing in the Stormy Daniels case, essentially, which is trying to steal her book advance. So just like sketchy things where he tries to swoop in and personally profit. And he was in massive amounts of debt. So that really doesn't look good. That probably plays a big role in Yeah, in California, he stole judgment. money from one of his quadriplegic clients and oh my God. invested it all in his coffee cart company. Why do you have to have, if you're a mm. <sighs> Yeah. Well, you know, I've got, I'm a lawyer, but I got that coffee cart thing to fall back on. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Bro. It's a very, like, <laughs> arrested development like thing. <laughs> I just hear the arrested development I was music so in the background. I'm so excited to like yeah the banana hat. I was so <laughs> excited to speak to him about all this stuff. And when we interviewed him, he was a jerk. Yeah. And mm. then like saw him at, at uh, Politicon first year, and and he was like, hey, and just a, took a douche. Just yeah, just walking around finger gunsing everyone. Like literally, oh, literally you know. finger gunsing. Yeah. Oh god. He was actually pointing his fingers mm-hmm. like a gun. <laughs> It was what a cool guy. Yes, it was very, it was very painful. Yeah, mm. he's like a short shooter, McGavin. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Who is that? Uh, it's from Happy Gilmore. Oh man, you know shooter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> is that a Rob Schneider character? Uh, no, it was the other guy. Nice. Um, so he is officially charged with transmission of interstate communications with intent to extort, attempted extortion, and honest services wire fraud. He is going to be sentenced June 17th at 4 p.m., very specific. Um, but we'll see. It's going to be appealed, so I don't know. We'll see what actually happens. Uh, but, yeah, then they – apparently when they made the decision, he hugged one of his attorneys and was like, you guys did good, and then just walked away sadly <laughs> back to the correctional facility. <laughs> Bummer. I know. From one it, lawyer to another, finger guns. Yeah, exactly. Going um, back to jail now. Yeah. And finally – Border Patrol, this is by far the shittiest story. Um, Border Patrol is deploying elite tactical agents to sanctuary cities. I don't know. This headline was pretty big 
over the last couple of days. And these are the kinds of people that get deployed to confront smugglers at the border. So it's really hard to believe anything other than this being a stunt to push the narrative that only criminals end up in sanctuary cities and everyone's in danger. And really, it's just because they want they're they're pissed off that there are cities that are refusing to comply with their incredibly aggressive and unfair and unsafe and unproductive policies of wanting to just arrest as many people as they can, basically. Mm -hmm. They don't care who they round up in the process. They don't give a shit if they actually committed any crimes. They just want to get their arrest numbers up so they can continue to say that we have all these criminals that are flooding in from the border. And it's really shitty and gross. Um, As of now, it looks like they're being sent to Chicago and New York, but additional agents are expected to be sent to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Houston, Boston, New Orleans, Detroit, and Newark, New Jersey. And I don't know a lot about the migrant populations in each of those cities, but what did stand out to me about a lot of these cities is that they unfortunately have pretty high crime rates just in general. And I don't know if that's a function of them just kind of going after major metropolises or if they're going to try to like fudge numbers they're going to do that they're going to say you know newark new jersey has a crime rate blah 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 we arrested this many people um illegal immigrants they're going to say but you know what they'll leave out is that 67 percent or whatever of uh violent crime is committed by white people or or naturalized citizens you know Mm. they'll leave that number out and that's you know that's called you know lying yeah (laughs) And a lot of these cities are also cities that just naturally and historically have a lot of people of color, too. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine. They're very diverse. Yeah, very diverse communities. Yes. And so I can't imagine the amount of weaponized racism that's about to go down in those countries with all of the City. countries. <laughs> Jesus. Um, with all of the cities. And it's it's just scary and shitty. Um, this dude, Lawrence Payne, he's a spokesman for Customs and Border Protection. He said that the agency was deploying 100 officers to work with ICE. Um, for the purpose of conducting arrests, basically, in order to enhance the integrity of the immigration system, protect public safety, and strengthen our national security. It's just bullshit, 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 bullshit. This probably has a lot to do with that rule change where they can grab anybody and ask them for their papers. They don't have to be within 100 miles of the border anymore. Remember that rule change? Oh, oh God, I don't remember that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I'm, like, supposed to carry my green card with me everywhere. Yeah. It's... Like, I mean, I'm not that, I mean, granted, I have yeah, an okay. amount of white privilege. No, but, I know. I, I, I understand that. I mean, I've I've also experienced, like, I've experienced. But that rule's in place because they have to apply it to everyone. It's not necessarily correct. for you. Right. No, it's not. It's but ex- exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to carry it around everywhere. And, and yep. I have also, like, coming through the border as an immigrant, like, I've experienced blatant, straight up xenophobia spoken to me. Yeah. Like, I've, you know, as, like, a white Canadian girl, I've come mm-hmm. through the border and been, like, you know, somewhat nervous or like prepared to answer questions. And I've literally had border agents say to me, I'm not worried about you. Like, Jesus it's Christ. so fucked up. It's really fucked up. And and not that I already did. Did you reply like, well, I'm LGBTQ plus. So <laughs> yeah, well, did that you know gives I'm you a, a reason to worry about me. Did you know hey, I'm a loud mouthed homo? Hang on to your wife. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, it's, that's really disgusting that it they is. said that. It gives me so much like considering how easy that process was for me and considering the kind of comments that I received throughout the process, it gives me like even more empathy for the people who go through this, who Mm -hmm. are not treated with the same level of respect. Oh yeah. Well, this is a result of language, specific language developed Mm -hmm. by Stephen Miller and the Trump administration referring to people of color and immigrants of color Mm -hmm. as a vermin and Mm -hmm. rodents and 
uh, a virus or, or somehow mm-hmm. less than human. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is just white supremacy. Yeah. It's 100% what yeah. it is. And language has been weaponized forever. But even going back to Reagan and the war on drugs, like calling weed marijuana, mm-hmm. trying to make it sound like it's more associated with like Mexico, mm-hmm. essentially. As opposed to cannabis. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to calling it cannabis. It's just opening the door to just assign blame generally to anybody it's anyone they can and just rope in like it's but it's actually a very sinister calculated racist thing or even giving crack the name crack Mm -hmm. so that you don't call it cocaine absolutely cocaine is something rich white people do yep yeah and 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 that was part of the war on drugs and and using language which i believe asharan gapa calls reflexive control Mm -hmm. which is uh, it's a russian propaganda technique that is very effective Mm -hmm. and it's working here because that is a lot of i think how people are going to react to this is yes they're going to be like well you know these vermin these rodents these whatever that are coming Mm -hmm. into shithole cities and Mm -hmm. and et cetera et cetera kind of the same language that uh, trump used about baltimore Mm -hmm. yeah uh when he did Mm mm-hmm and then, yeah, talking about how language makes a difference, crack has a, like has up until recently had a way steeper sentencing guideline than cocaine, and that's mm-hmm. something that was Even maintained, it's like less potent mm-hmm. because it's mixed with other things, cut with other stuff, cut, yeah, cut with other stuff, yeah. And you have to wonder: is it a product of the fact that it was criminalized in our, you know, nation's brain, and then that informed the sentencing guidelines? Or did the sentence, was it like all a coordinated, whatever it was, it was blatant racism. Yeah, grandma crack versus a grandma coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, same sentence, half the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, words matter and policies, absolutely. It, it's it's just very, it's very scary to, to know that as we progress as a country, these things are still being weaponized in ways that are inexcusable. And and I and I wonder, you know, if is there ever going to be a time where they're not allowed to get away with stuff like this? Just implanting racist fear mongering tactics into the minds mm. of people in America. But I really think just back on the specific topic of Border Patrol and how they operate, I can't think of I can't really think of anybody that truly feels like safer thinking about this thinking about them being in a city or something other than the ones that are already buying into the ridiculous like fear-mongering stuff but it's no i don't think anybody's actually safer when they're there and that sentiment is confirmed by this guy gil kurlikowski who is former commissioner of cbp uh he they oversaw tactical units along the border he said that sending officers to conduct immigration enforcement within cities where they are not trained to work could escalate situations that are already volatile and he called the move a significant mistake he said if you were a police chief and you were going to make an apprehension for a relatively minor offense you do not send the swat team and BORTAC, which is the name of these tactical groups, is the SWAT team, basically, yeah. of the border. They're trained for much more hazardous missions than this. It's just begging for escalation. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Sorry to end on a bad news note in that segment, but we have a... Uh, no, there might be more bad news after this. Let me see what's happening. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Okay. No, we're going to talk about Rudy when we get back, but we do have a really robust good news block, so stick around for that. We'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by the great people at Third Love. Third Love designs the most comfortable bra I've ever worn. I am obsessed with Third Love bras. They're all I have now. And they're tailored to f- per, like perfectly fit my individual body shape, breast size, cup size. They're very, very good with this because they use metadata, data from millions of women. So many women, including myself, fall in between cup sizes, which makes it very frustrating to find the right fit. But they have over 80 bra sizes. They're an industry leader and they have half cup sizes. So you can find just the right fit for you. You can take their online fit finder quiz and I was I did this took me two minutes I was able to find my ideal bra third love uses your info like I said plus data from millions of women and they take into account cup size and breast shape to find the perfect bra for you a lot of companies don't care about your breast shape but third love does and every third love bra is made with lightweight super thin memory foam cups their um, propriety there for for third love they, they have like a corner on that market and they mold to your shape they have no slip straps they don't dig they have a scratch free brand a, a scratch free band and they don't have a label in them so they don't itch because that drives me nuts and it's all designed for the ultimate comfort and third love has a team of expert fit stylists that are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit and they're available to help via chat or email and with third love's perfect fit promise and this is my favorite this is what makes them my favorite company you have 60 days to try it out wash it wear it and if you don't absolutely love it returns and exchanges are free and easy and best of all third love donates their gently used bras to people in need and so far third love has donated over 15 million dollars in bras supporting charities in their local san francisco bay area and across the united states Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. All right, everybody, welcome back. So because Trump is so good at learning his lesson Mm. after impeachment, Mm -hmm. as many Republican senators have said to justify their acquittal, We learned this weekend that an emboldened Trump is now openly admitting he sent Giuliani to Ukraine to find dirt on the Bidens, even though he strongly denied it during the impeachment proceedings. Trump admitted this to Geraldo Rivera, the most relevant podcaster ever. Um, I guess the most relevant podcast Trump could find outside of Giuliani's podcast, maybe. So Geraldo asked him, uh, where's your vault? No, he said, (laughs) was it strange to send Rudy Giuliani to Ukraine, your personal lawyer? Are you sorry you did that? And Trump said, not at all. And oh, then my he, God. And then he called Rudy a crime fighter. He said, here's my, he's my choice. Uh, here's my choice. I deal with the Comeys of the world or I deal with Rudy. Explaining that he has a very bad taste with the intelligence community. Wow. So he turned to Rudy. Wow. Um, so when you tell me why did I use Rudy and one of the things about Rudy, number one, he was the best prosecutor, you know, one of the best prosecutors and the best mayor. Uh, but also other presidents had them. <laughs> FDR had a lawyer who was practically, you know, was totally involved with the government. Eisenhower had a lawyer. They all had lawyers. Oh <laughs> Why is he doing podcasts? That's Geraldo Rivera. That's like one <laughs> of the podcasts that support him. So this is a good, I guess now that what's his face got kicked out, Infowars got kicked off yeah, everything. Chance. Yeah, what's left. Um, and and uh, didn't Boingo Boingo get kicked off? I don't know. Uh, and Dan Shapiro, I don't know. There's a bunch of people who just got banned from everything. So this is a complete 180 from what Trump said in November when he said, no, I didn't direct him. I didn't send Rudy. Uh, and Trump went on with Geraldo to defend the decision to send Rudy to Ukraine, despite U.S. diplomats previously testifying that Giuliani had undermined longstanding U.S. policy towards Ukraine by conducting a shadow policy uh, to oust Jovanovich, for example, make oil and gas connections. We know he was trying to do that. And to manufacture fake intelligence on the Bidens with the help and the money provided by Kremlin-backed guy, uh, Ukrainian-born guy, Fertosh, who is in Vienna, who's still awaiting extradition. And I 100% all my space beans on bar blocking that as well. Mm -hmm. 
So Trump's unleashed now, having fired Vindman, Vindman's brother, and Gordon Sunlin, uh, and they, he fired Sunlin despite objections from Republican senators who wanted the Sunlin money for their <laughs> campaigns. And now having weaponized the Department of Justice by either directly ordering or ordering by code leniency for his friends Flynn and Stone. Flintstone. So let's ask Collins and Murkowski and the rest if they still think Trump has learned his lesson, right? Yep. I think I did see someone ask, uh, I think it was Murkowski, asked her that exact question and she was like, uh, well, it would appear he has or whatever. It's just some bullshit answer. And she tweeted out this weekend too, uh, hey, thanks for uh, approving my something happening in Alaska, government, federal, thanks. And I'm like, are you just going to broadcast your quid pro quo out to the world now? <laughs> your payoff? You're just telling everybody about your payoff now? Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Wow. And speaking of Giuliani, we were correct about Hulkbank. Uh, today, Senator Ron Wyden tweeted in response to a story about CNN by CNN that Attorney General Bill Barr was working behind the scenes on a sweetheart deal for Hawk Bank on behalf of Trump and Erdogan. Hawk Bank, if you remember, is a Turkish bank that was caught helping circumvent Iranian sanctions, U.S. sanctions against Iran, by smuggling gold and cash using this guy named Zabar out of the country and into Iran. So uh, let's listen to that clip where we put beans on this back on October 20th in an episode of our sister podcast called Mueller, She Wrote. Uh, and Trump obstructed justice again last week in the Southern District of New York when they indicted Turkish Hulk Bank for a money laundering scheme that smuggled money to Iran to skirt U.S. sanctions on Iran. This was a scheme that Zarab was involved in. I just mentioned him. Mm -hmm. for, uh, uh, and Zarab is the guy that Giuliani pushed Tillerson to stop the investigation into, indicating Rudy was lobbying illegally for Turkey then, too. Uh, but the bank wasn't indicted then because Trump, Erdogan and Barr were trying to work out a settlement agreement. Erdogan repeatedly raised the topic with Trump on many phone calls, including a November 2018 phone conversation. And Trump told Erdogan in April of this year that Barr and Mnuchin, Steve, would handle the matter, handle the matter. Uh, well, the Southern District filed the criminal charges without giving the White House advance notice on the matter. No one can figure out what prompted the indictment or why they're doing it now. Uh, after over a year, I mean, I know that the crimes prompted the indictment, but if they just went straight by the crimes, they should have been indicted a while ago. Right. Uh, it seems to me it was in defiance of the White House, this indictment and the Department of Justice, uh, who, unless we hear about other communications showing, you know, Barr and Trump told Erdogan they'd handle it to appease him, knowing full well they'd indict the bank. I, I doubt that'll happen. So now we know. Uh, according to Senator Ron Wyden, who has been investigating this, that Barr, on behalf of Trump and Giuliani, was working to put together a deal for Hawk Bank. But Berman, in the Southern District of New York, held fast and indicted the bank for sanctions violations. Um, according to people familiar with the matter, Barr personally, personally spearheaded the effort last year to negotiate a settlement with the bank that would have allowed it to avoid indictment after Erdogan pressed Trump in a, vid, in a bid to avoid charges. Uh, but Berman insisted on a criminal prosecution, and he got it. So I hope this independent streak from the Southern District of New York keeps up as they continue their investigation into Rudy Giuliani for multiple federal felonies. They've already got uh, Fruman and Parnas, but uh, we, you know, I'm convinced that that was just to shut them up. Wow. So that, that, that happened. Yeah. The Erdogan saga runs deep. In that group of people, huh? It does, and he's got a property there. Mm -hmm. You know, so that could have been part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, Trump might have wanted to protect his financial business interests in Turkey. That is the textbook definition of being compromised and being mm -hmm. unable to do your job. 
uh, as an agent of the, for the United States interest and national security is, you know, when you've got, when you're blackmailable, you know, what, I mean, what if Erdogan was like, I'm taking your name off the building unless you let this Hulk bank thing die, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope that continues to get investigated. What's happening with anything to do with emoluments right now? <laughs> there was a couple of, of lawsuits. One of them we, we reported on, uh, I think, last week, maybe a week and a half ago, yeah. that uh, there were 213, if memory serves, Congress people that had sued in 2017 uh, for Trump violating emoluments. But they that case was uh, not allowed to go forward because the judge, the panel of judges, the three panels, the three panel, the three judge panel um, said that because these congressmen represent neither a majority in the house or the Senate. They don't have jurisdiction to bring this suit or that, you know, they can't, they can't bring this suit and that will likely be appealed. I think it already has been appealed and we'll see where it goes. But crew also has a, still an open and ongoing emoluments case about the DC downtown hotel. So that's where we are with, mm-hmm. uh, at least there, there's probably more out there, but those are the two main ones that we've been following mm. on emoluments. Both domestic and foreign emoluments. <sighs> Got any good news coming up? Yeah, there's a <laughs> massive good news block. And do you want to just go to it now? We can just Fuck go yeah. to it now. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AJ, and this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. Uh, I am a dog mom. I love Olive to death, all of the other reindeer. So I gave her the Embark Breed and Health Test to learn as much as I could about her lineage and background to make sure I can best care for her. Whether you have a new pup or an old friend or you have a... This is a great gift, too. If you have a friend with a rescue pup and you want to find out, you know, help them, like, find out the lineage and they can either do, like, a little doggy family tree. The Embark Breed and Health Test is a key to unlocking your dog's unique breed mix and also genetically informed health needs so you can help your pup live their best and health healthiest, happiest life. So not only do you get breed traits, but you get genetic risk factors for health conditions. And Embark provides the resources to help you and your vet best tailor care to your dog's specific needs. Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of genetic disease. And the Embark Breed and Health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions. So you have all the information necessary to provide your doggo their best lifeo. Um, whether your pet is a mixed breed or purebred, they are not immune to certain diseases and health issues. But the sooner you know, the sooner you can find uh, help to reduce pain. And since our pets can't talk to us with words about their ailments or symptoms, you can have a leg up when it comes to knowing about their health with the help of Embark. Uh, I love how easy they make the process. I sent in a simple cheek swab. They did the rest. I got emails back and forth letting us let me, me know where they were in the process. And they're the only dog DNA test that performs research-grade research, research grade DNA testing. Uh, this allows your veterinary and research teams to conduct groundbreaking research to extend the lives of all dogs. Every Embark dog brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. Embark has an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else, so go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. That's EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Okay, I do have a lot of good news today. Ready? Yes. I'm glad we I'm glad we sped up to this cuz this has been sort of a crap news weekend. Uh, here in our home state of California, Los Angeles County, the district attorney, Jackie Lacey, has announced the dismissal of 66,000 marijuana convictions. She announced this on Thursday, taking a major step in a growing national effort to undo the harsh punishments of decades of a decades-long war on drugs that disproportionately targeted people of color 
who then faced barriers, you know, finding housing and jobs Mm -hmm. and enrolling in school. Mm -hmm. She filed a motion to erase 62,000 felony convictions dating back to 1961. Wow. And 4,000 misdemeanors in 10 cities across the county. And Superior Court Judge Sam Oda signed the order Tuesday. Um, Of the people receiving relief, 53% are black, 43% are Latinx, and 20% are white. Her office went a step beyond what the law requires, too, and she fully dismissed felony convictions, not just for possessing, but for cultivating, transporting, and selling marijuana. She's seeking a third term right now as L.A. County District Attorney Jackie Lacey. In addition to the three um, states that have passed laws like this, including California, for automatic expungement, 12 others have enacted uh, laws that allow residents to seek the erasure of lower-level cannabis convictions. Um, So, yay. Yay. It's really sad and tragic how many people's lives were completely ruined by those convictions but this is about you know the best that they can do at this point in time and that's that is really good news yeah and it's and not just the individual people it's their families mm-hmm. it's everybody and communities like it's 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 it has a a ripple effect mm-hmm. too absolutely uh, more good news by more than uh, a 10-point margin, registered voters approved of Mitt Romney's decision to break with Republicans and vote to convict Trump on that one article of impeachment. Nice. Article 1. Romney's vote marked the first time in history a senator voted to convict a president of their own party in an impeachment trial. Uh, 50% approve of his vote. Only 39% disapproved. 10% they said they didn't know or care. Uh, 84% of Democrats approved, uh, while only 15% of Republican. But independents backed his vote 30, uh, 47 to 33 that's huge. Uh, but the really good news is that another poll released this week shows 49% of Utah voters approved Romney's vote, wow. while only 40% had negative reactions. Uh, of Republicans in Utah, 56% said that uh, his vote would make them less likely to vote for him, but that's far fewer than Republicans nationwide. Yeah. Mm. Only 56% of Republicans in Utah. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what his career looks like after this. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, write a book, man. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's going to write a book. (laughs) Write a book, read it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speech was well done. I think he could could do a a good audio book. More good news. Three weeks after the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida enacted what's called red flag laws, which removes firearms from those making threats or suffering severe mental breakdowns. Since then, the Associated Press is uh, able to report that the law has been applied more than 3,500 times, with that pace accelerating during the last half of 2019. Um, The shooter at Parkland would have easily qualified to have their gun taken away under this law, and now 16 other states and the District of Columbia have similar laws. The law still has issues as it's not being applied equally to all counties, and several people are trying to overturn the law. But this is good news, um, that it's being applied, and and who knows how many uh, lives it has saved. Yeah. 3,500 times it's been applied. Wow. And from the Washington Post, the Senate has passed a resolution limiting Trump's power to order military action in Iran without first asking permission from Congress. The vote is a bipartisan rebuke of Trump resistance to involving Congress in decisions that could lead to war. Eight Republicans joined Democrats passing the measure 55 to 45, despite warnings from Trump that he will most certainly veto the bill. Uh, The last time this came up, only four Republicans broke ranks. So we got eight, twice as many this time. And that's uh, that's the good news part of this story, aside Mm -hmm. from the bipartisan slap in the orange face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, This comes after... after the reports that there was no imminent threat, by the way, posed by Soleimani mm. when Trump killed him in an airstrike. Mm-hmm. 
Keep coming. Keep right. coming over, Republicans. <laughs> Keep on. We need 60. Join we just need five more. Not fascist train, everybody. Mm-hmm. Fünf Mas. <laughs> come to where, come to Butthead. <laughs> All right, time for a little Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Uh, Trump had a sad face uh, this weekend after the decision from the Department of Justice not to bring charges against Andrew McCabe. Actually, it was more of an angry face. There are reports that White House officials had to calm Trump down when he learned the news. Apparently, Trump was not given a heads up and was upset because he believes very strongly that action should have been taken. And according to The Washington Post, White House lawyers moved to calm the president. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Did they do like ice capades or... (laughs) Uh, some sort of uh, essential oils. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> does not peg me as a patchouli kind of guy. Like a little back I guess rub. It's not essential oil. All right, are you sitting down yeah, for this? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. totally. A little like lavender roll on. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> sniff your wrist and breathe deep. Here, it's a, it's essential oils, orange. <laughs> um. <laughs> So McCabe's legal team responded saying, we said at the outset that the criminal investigation almost two years ago, uh, that if the facts and the law determine the result, no charges will be brought. We are pleased that Andrew McCabe and his family can go on with their lives without this cloud hanging over them. McCabe still has an active civil suit against the Department of Justice and the FBI for unlawful retaliation for his refusal to pledge allegiance to a single man, as he wrote in in his lawsuit. Um, And... This is very cool. I had a little chat with uh, Andy, who I call him Andy, mm-hmm. uh, and he has a message for y'all. Mm-hmm. And that message, here, let me find it. Uh, I lost it because I was picking. I, somebody sent me a really funny meme about turtles. Um, <laughs> it says uh, a message to our listeners from Andy McCabe: You and the MSW Nation have been a total bright spot for us in a very dark time. Stand up for what you believe in, even when it's hard, and don't blink. Nobody ever won a fight by giving up. So that's his message. And I am encouraging folks uh, on our Twitter page at Muller. She wrote to respond to a call I put out. If you want a message to be sent to Andy, he has that. uh, He's not on Twitter, uh, but I've given him the link to that thread. And and I said, here's a couple few hundred. I think we're up to over 500 um, messages of support now. That's so nice. So deserved. Hope he sees those. Yeah. And I hope he realizes how much support he has Mm -hmm. um because you know he's not on twitter he doesn't he's you know he doesn't i don't think he hears generally uh as much positivity except for those very close to him Mm -hmm. uh so i think that um i think that hopefully that'll give him a little we can print them all off and put them in a book for him and make a little book yeah Yeah. who does that who can make me a tweet book a book of tweets i gave him a link because you know it's close a sweet idea thanks he's Mm. my hero and you McCabe. <laughs> no, I'm be glad. a coffee I'm, table book. Yeah. Coffee table book of tweets. Patriotism. Just a nice mm-hmm. humble flex. Yeah. <laughs> Love for country, we'll call it. And and it's nice messages to Marie Ivanovich, the Vindemans, uh everybody, Bill Taylor, everyone who testified. And Andy McCabe, maybe, maybe Comey. I don't know. Dude, they're going to have the craziest <laughs> reunion in like 20 years. I know. When all this shit is semi behind us. Oh, my God. I know. I asked him. I was like, where's the party? Yeah. <laughs> the documentaries. Oh, God. Later. That's why I started these whole podcasts. Yep. Because I, I wanted to be in the documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> right? The documentaries that will not get as much you're exposure gonna, as the podcast you're gonna itself be a, has. <laughs> a talking head on the, on the History Channel 20 right, years. Right, right. Hey, you knew about the Mueller thing. Yeah. AG of Mueller. Yeah, coming on right after Ancient Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff about Jesus and Hitler and oh, dinosaurs God. and a- aliens and then this. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mueller, that's your legacy. You should have <laughs> talked more and should have talked louder. Um, anyway. <laughs> that's the show. That's a lot yeah, of, yeah. That was a good, good news block, I think. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Goods. Yes. Any final thoughts? Not for me. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Keep plugging away. Yeah. Yeah. Head down. Mm-hmm. Don't blink. Mm-hmm. Do the things. I mean, you can blink, you know. <laughs> Also, don't, maybe look up. Don't figure if you're crossing the street or yeah. something. Yeah, okay, yeah. just are, look yeah. up when you're <laughs> walking. Safe. Safety first. I have walked into no. Head down. Of, don't blink. But safety first, <laughs> and you should blink. Fucking <laughs> put your phone in your pocket when you're walking people, or at least like don't look at. I've walked into so many people, like just over the last mm-hmm. couple of days. I've like three people on their phones almost walked into me. Mm-hmm. Like y'all, I'm bad for this. But get it together. Yes. You know what I've also noticed? I have been staying off Twitter like a lot mm-hmm. lately. Yes. mental health. Oh my god. Mm. Especially right now because it's just so much. I mean, I follow the news, right? As Obviously. always. And I'm still on Twitter. I'm still on Twitter. <laughs> but I'm not on Twitter like obsessively scrolling because that's one of the nervous sort of habits that I have mm. is just it's like a way of dissociating for me personally is just mm-hmm. to sit there and scroll forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's been really helpful to try to be more intentional with that and more intentional about do I want to read an article? What article would I like to read? Do I want to see someone's content? Mm-hmm. And if more I, mindful consumption. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Because mindful yeah. consumption, I love it. Yeah, and kindness is punk AF. Yes, oh, yeah. Still working on shirts. <laughs> Send me podcasts. That's my request. That's my final thought. Literal yeah, cats. Yes. More pod animals. <laughs> pod animals. <laughs> pod creatures. What was there? There was some eighties toy. Some furable, but something animals. Hmm. I don't know. I can't help you there. Fanimals. I can't remember. Oh, oh, we're taking photos. Oh, wolf shirt. There's a wolf shirt uh, in the studio today, and we're going to get that out uh, (laughs) on the newsletter. If you aren't a patron, become one. Seriously, you get newsletter. Uh, This week, we're starting. um, That's a good photo. That is funny. This week, we're starting. I do have a very red glare on my face. I'll edit that for you. Eh, it's fine. Let him him see it. (laughs) (laughs) This is my Celtic nature. (laughs) Sorry, AG, go ahead. I forget. Oh, if you're not a patron, become one. Seriously, you get newsletter, you Mm -hmm. get uh, free gifts, you get um, these episodes uh, ad-free and early. Mm -hmm. And... We're starting video. Um, we got everything set up, and we're going to record a question and answer mm-hmm. episode uh, on video. It's just going to be for patrons. We're going to put that video uh, on the Patreon page, and you'll be able to watch it while we answer your questions. And the the call for questions is on the Patreon page. Mm-hmm. So it says, you know, give us your questions, and, you know, we'll answer it. Again, if you don't want to ask to say your name, let us know, because mm-hmm. otherwise we will. And that's it. It's it's like three bucks a month. You get all that. So mm-hmm. and you become a, a patron. Miller she wrote too. Um, and who knows who knows where that podcast is going? But it <laughs> is still going. We still have our listenership is on the rise. Uh, uh, you guys are still interested in the Mueller news, and I mean we report in other stuff too. But mm-hmm. it's they like that in depth legal perspective I, there. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Even though I'm not a lawyer, um, but that's what corrections are for. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>